welcome to a Surprise Wednesday episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be with you today. Tis the season for fun bonus episodes. A couple of weeks ago, we had Jennifer Garner, and today we have another great drop-in show in store for you. Just a reminder that things will be quiet here next week since it's Holy Week, but the That Sounds Fun audiobook would make a great companion during your neighborhood walks or grocery trips if you're hunting. And like we talked about on Monday's show, you can pop back to TSF Holy Week 2020 if you'd like to listen to the scriptures that tell the story of this week in Jesus's life. Starting on Palm Sunday, there's a reading for every day that actually directly mirrors what happened in Jesus's life through Easter. Today on the show is one of my dear friends. Y'all love her. You know her. You listen to her music. Lauren Daigle is here. She has a new single out called Hold On To Me. It's beautiful. And man, does she drop some wisdom bombs on us today. The pandemic has taught her some things and she's going to teach them to us. And I'm really thankful. Here's my conversation with Lauren Daigle. LD, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited. This is genuinely still to date one of my favorite interviews I've ever had. Oh, thanks. I, I feel the same. It was so fun to get to have you on here. I feel so lucky. So thank you for making time, even in your busy life. I love it. I'm so glad to be here. If I'm putting my phone on Do Not Disturb as we speak so that right. nobody interrupts. Okay. So no one gets to talk to us except each other. We are except very for focused. Me and you, girl. It's just us. We are. <laughs> you don't live here anymore. I know. I know. I know. But I will say, I kind of still peek in. Okay. I do. I, I at least try to come once a month. I was kind of doing this two weeks home, two weeks national, uh-huh. two weeks home, one week LA, two weeks. And it, I try to make rules like that so that in my heart, I can have some sort of set yeah. goal. Like, oh, well, I don't have to work. You know how sevens are. Uh, I'm like, I don't have to worry about saying goodbye because I know in two weeks I'll be right back. I will be right back. It's guaranteed. I'll be right back. <laughs> and, and those two weeks are going to fly because I'm going to have so much fun. That's right. Being at home with my family. And then once those two weeks are up, I'm going to have so much fun being in the studio uh-huh. or being in Nashville, doing uh-huh. what I need to do. Uh-huh. So I tried to set up that system. And then lo and behold, I think I've been in LA, as in Los Angeles, more than... I've been in Nashville. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? I was really being diligent. <laughs> I was really but, trying. Oh. Well, part of it's a global pandemic. Yeah, that might have something to do so with that it. That probably played into <laughs> it. Our friends listening have heard me ad nauseum talk about how the pandemic tried to kill my soul, not my body, oh. thank God. But, okay, Lauren, talk about your life during the pandemic, being stuck in one place. Mm-hmm. I, what was it like? So do we talk about the depression, the depression or the depression? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm not kidding. But right. I, you know what? This is what I think about it. If I'm going real, real. Mm-hmm. When it first started, I'm Pollyanna. Happy. Oh, they literally come to us as we're at our last show. Didn't know it was going to be our last show. Mm-hmm. But as I'm at the last show and they say, hey, um, this whole thing's about to flip upside down. We have to come off the road for six weeks. I'm like, oh, six weeks. Okay, cool. That seems like an eternity right now because we had been touring for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So six weeks was like, what? That's a long time. But also like, we've got six weeks. Actually, I want to go right. I've been having all these creative ideas. That's a perfect amount of time to just sit down, hunker down, write, do whatever. This is great. We all need to rest. We're tired. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, great. This is like an extended vacation. 
I leave, we get off. That following week, Lee calls me and is like, hey, no, seriously, this is this is getting real. Like, mm. real. Like, we don't think you're going to be on the road until like October. And when she said that, I was like, granted, it was March. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And I went on a walk for like an hour yeah. and just cried and f- had probably an active panic attack, but I was with a bunch of friends. So I, we were like somewhat secluded and I went on a walk and the city that we were in hadn't shut down. So mm-hmm. we, I was fully unaware of this whole shutdown everybody kept talking about. We were like, what shutdown? What, what? It was like in that very first week when things yeah. started to like slowly trickle away. And I was like, shut down, what, what shut down? And we had some friends come meet us from Atlanta and they're like, no, seriously, like they shut down the restaurants. And we were like, what? Mm-hmm. I, I remember just being like, wait, what's going on? Cause me at, at 29, I'm so responsible. And I watch the news every day when I'm on tour, not at all. No. And but I actually do love, I really do enjoy looking at the news and stuff. Anyway, bottom line is fast forward. I go from being on tour every single day, totally used to it, to, okay, we're going to take six weeks to, it is now a year and we still have not been on the road. And I was in a a place where I think I was like, all right, I'm going to be okay with this because I'm genuinely tired and I really want to create again. Mm -hmm. And what slowly but surely started to happen is I started to realize I'm not thriving. I'm not thriving, not even this much. And I really had to, it was like this massive stopping moment of trying to figure out what genuinely matters, what really matters. And I'm out at my parents' property, they live out. And so we kind of all hunkered down here and watching my nieces and nephews smile and running up and down the driveway and helping my grandmother out the car, Mm -hmm. running to get a to-go coffee. Like these little precious moments became so rich Mm -hmm. that I think for the first, I actually genuinely think for the first time in my life, in my entire career, I finally have balance. (gasps) I never thought I would, I never thought it was going to take what it took to finally arrive there. But there is this, this truly satisfied sentiment that I feel nearly every day because of the surrender of rush, the surrender of hurry, the surrender of demand. Granted, it doesn't happen every day. I'm not the master of it, but I've become cognitively aware of stress. Mm-hmm. Whereas prior, I was just living in stress. I was not, yeah. there was no it's just like, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. You're stressed. Guess what? So is everyone else. <laughs> like you just kind of realize you're all moving at such a fast pace. And when I, it took me like three to six months before I could sleep off the road because I was so used to my mind running while I was sleeping because the wheels on the bus go round and round. That's right. Therefore, the wheels in my head spin round and round. And so I just finally got used to like, whoa, this is what a night, this is what it feels like to sleep at night. Mm. Things like that. I didn't even realize that I was missing out on because this is just the way that it works. And so- I hit some hard bumps along the way. I had the, the, should I find a different career? Like I had all of that happen Mm -hmm. just because you, I realized how 
much stress I was allowing myself to live under next to the thing that brought me the most joy. Right. Like how, what a dichotomy. Literally. That's wild. So diabolical. What is it about joy? How God does this? Joy is the most, for a seven, it's like, it is like nourishment to the soul. Yes. Like anything yes. and everything I do. It, I told someone else the other day, I was like, I actually do live the most fun life. People always talk about like, wow, what y'all, what it looks like on the road is like, y'all just literally have so much fun. Okay. Let me tell everybody. No, we actually do have have so much fun. (laughs) So much fun. Is there a lot of difficulty? Yeah. Is there tough relationship moments? Totally. Do hardships come 100%. But in the grand scheme, we live a very fun life. And the reason for that, my manager, preciously said the other day, she was like, you know why? your life is fun. And I said, why? She said, because you prioritized it Yeah. in work, you prioritize fun. So you're like, if we have to fly to Timbuktu, Kalamazoo, take this interview, do this show, do whatever. Well, at the end of that day, we need to at least have a relay race outside. Uh-huh. Like you're constantly making sure that fun is also equally as part of your work day. Mm-hmm. And I think what This is the most long-winded answer. I'm going to wrap it up. But I think what I realized in quarantine is that joy is present, so present. And the thief of joy is stress. Mm. So why why am I allowing this gift of singing and this gift to have an impact on people's lives become overwhelmed by the stress and nature of the industry? to a point where it would steal and rob the joy of an incredible experience. And that's what the shutdown did. It made me see the things that really mattered are the smiles on my nieces and nephews' faces and the hug from my grandparents and seeing my aunts and my mom and that, like, that is where life is. Like, that's where life is. Like, the true, to the bone, to the core life. And I think it allows me to do what I do without this oversaturation of stress now, because it's like, Oh, the thing I was stressed about, the thing I was so concerned about, it actually doesn't thwart the thing I care the most about. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we'll just pass the plates now, preacher (laughs) Daigle has finished her. I mean, that is a word. Yeah. Why are we letting the things that stress us out so much? really bother us when it, it, at the end of the day, what we care the most about is not affected by those things. How do you separate, people do this to me a lot where they want me to talk about fun and then they drop in joy. And to me, those are two different things. Oh yeah. How do you separate fun and joy? How would you define them? Uh, I would say fun is an action. Joy is a being. So exactly my thought too. Yeah. It's like fun is the expression of the joy within Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the outward element and joy is like what bounces around on the inside. And I think fun is, it can be scheduled. (laughs) It can be spontaneous. It can be, but joy just is. And I think that is the difference, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's why I specifically said, because I, I thought about this in my head before I say it, that's why I specifically said stress was in 
operation to steal my joy, mm. not my fun, because the fun uh, make is the fun. byproduct of the joy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, so if stress is going to come, mm-hmm. it's not going to come for fun because that's just the byproduct. It's going to go after the jugular. Wow. And that's the joy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think hitting some of those rock bottom moments and realizing, oh my gosh, I can't stand a disconnected world. I can't function in it. And I also can't function in hostility. So, <laughs> oh boy. And the American, for anybody that lives overseas, last year's America was a scene. Let me tell you. <laughs> it was a scene. <laughs> it was a scene. And so I think not only being in shutdown, but then also having such intense animosity, mm-hmm. man, that was a that was enough to like take me down yeah. because I just I revel in unity. Revel. It's like a pig running around sloppy mess in mud. That is me when it's like all my people are together, everything's unified. There's this beautiful synchrony and I can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year was maybe the mild antithesis of that. <laughs> yeah. And very difficult yeah. <laughs> for a seven to engage with, I'd say. I when you're talking about that, I'm thinking when you said you know, you even thought about leaving your career. I, I imagine there are some of our friends listening who are thinking about leaving the job they have. They're thinking about moving oh, to yeah. another city. Will you talk a little bit about that process? And because, so I used to teach elementary school. I left, I do a different job. There have been multiple days where I've thought about quitting this job and I go through a process and I don't. So what's the, what was the process like for you? Talk somebody through the process of ending up where the answer was, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Uh, well, maybe look, it was looking at my manager's face saying, I'm going to tell you where you need to be. (laughs) (laughs) Lee Hall, we love you, Lee Hall. I know. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. No, but that's true. Community plays into that. That isn't wrong. Oh, 100. Like she, no joke. Like she did have a sit down and she was like, she flew all the way to where I'm living now from Nashville to literally sit across from me and say, what is going on? And I was like, um, drowning. I'm drowning over here. Um, and she genuinely, the process looked like this. Our career is on the road or in a studio. Those are the two primary for people listening in. Those are the two primary places. Well, we do have this digital landscape where we can all make music yeah, all separated, but that's not really how I work. Uh, I like the communal aspect of making music, which when People can't leave their house. You can't do that. And then we obviously couldn't be on the road. Yeah. So I went from, this is what, this is like for a mental landscape. I went from about 15 to 20,000 people in a room every night, which felt like 15 to 20,000 people giving you a massive bear hug every single night. Singing along to every word. Singing along to every word. You're giving them a big bear hug back. Imagine feeling the pressure of a squeeze, like a hug from 20,000 people. Okay. That's what it feels like when you're on stage. That Mm -hmm. is that environment to going home to a room of dead silence for a year. (laughs) Like it was like such a whiplash all in the matter of a moment. And it really wasn't necessarily the job that made me want to leave. Mm -hmm. It was how much space that takes up in my heart, never being 
it, it was the fear and the panic of never finding that resolve in any other way. It was too much. It was like, this is so encompassing and engulfing of who I am now that I don't know how to breathe without, I don't know how to be me without it. Yes. Not from a fan. I'm not talking about fame. I, I could be done with that. Right. But <laughs> right. That hadn't been kind to anybody. Away. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm talking about the, the connection. Yeah. The connection. Yeah. Like, and there was just this space of like, I am terrified of how much weight that bears into mm. who I am now. Yeah. And maybe I've let this thing overtake me. Like maybe I've gotten way too deep in. Uh, and so I think it genuinely freaked me out when I realized how hard of a crash I was hitting. Because like you look at Taylor Swift, she put out two records last year. I'm like, how in the, how? Which I do you prefer? artists. Folklore Evermore. Yeah. I haven't really listened to all of them through and through. Oh, okay. But I I love, I think it's folklore. The first one. Folklore to me is, is yeah. a thing. I, I think that was the one that like, I remember thinking, what? Also because it was the first shock. I yeah. love a good shock. I love a good like reveal. Yes. Give it to me. Yes. And that was the first one. Yes. And, okay, wait. I'm going to just jump to a quick Taylor Swift side. Yes. Sidebar. We got all the time. We all need that. We all need that. Thank you. Taylor Swift. I do not know her for everyone listening. And why is she not friends with us? She should be. <laughs> she would love us. She would love, she would love us. us. But I want, I do want to hit, go back to the process of leaving something I, and then know. coming back because I, there's, there's, there. but Taylor Swift sidebars Taylor are Swift very sidebar. welcome here. <laughs> and this is actually part, this actually ties into what we're talking about. Taylor Swift. She releases that Romeo Juliet, whatever that record was. Mm-hmm. I don't know her like the back of my hand. Okay, mm-hmm. so here we go. This is how Lauren interprets music. Yeah. She is a gem and releases that, right? She gets all this heat from the Kanye, that whole blah, 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 whatever. Hopefully Kanye's changed. Shirley Taylor has. Life's good. Then fast forward, she takes a hard left with 1989. She does red, hard left, 1989 explodes. Yes. She's been so successful, but 1989 was like stratosphere. Yep. And she's made probably, I don't know numbers, but I'm assuming that was the most successful record of her career. Yeah, it would have to be so far. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And then she releases Reputation and it bombs. Bombs. I'm not sure I listened all the way through and I couldn't quit 1989. Exactly. Like 19 so and I was just like, oh, this is fun. It's yeah. so, so fun. And that one was her ego mm. and the pain of ego. Mm. And that is the thing that I'm talking about with, do I stay in this career or not? Because so much of who I am is like tied into what I do now. Mm-hmm. That's freaking me out. I'd rather go do, I'd rather be a teacher. I actually literally thought, I think I'm going to leave this I'm going to be a teacher. There's so many kids that are having to be homeschooled right now. That will be the time of my life. I get to run around and play outside and teach kids numbers. That sounds like the best time. (laughs) I can't do that. I I love that. My mom is a teacher. My grandmother, aunts, everybody. It's like in my blood. That'd be so much fun. Thought about opening a farm. I was like, I'm going to start a farm. Teach kids how to milk cows. That'd be so fun. And in all of that, she has, she releases reputation and She's waiting for the Grammy call. She's waiting for all these, waiting, waiting, waiting. You've just put your heart into something. And she realizes, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to, like, this isn't what I hoped for. 
And to know going from the most successful record you've put out to a record that did not do what you had dreamed of had to, for her, be excruciatingly painful, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't, like I said, I don't know her. I'm just thinking from the psyche of an artist. Like that had to be devastating. And you see her grasping in, in certain ways just probably see the pain of disappointment. Yeah. Which I would be doing the same thing, let's be honest. I was about to say, everybody listens. Like, we've seen Annie do that. We've seen Annie do that three times. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yes. They all like, know. I get, man, I get it. <laughs> right. And then she re, she has to go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and reinvent and say, who am I? And where did the girl that wrote Romeo and Juliet go? Mm-hmm. Which is not coincidental to me that she releases those songs in this process as well. Yeah. Like she goes back to her originals, forget the masters, forget the laws, right. forget contracts. I personally, from an artist perspective, I'm like, she needed to remember who she was. Wow. She needed to find that space again and look at, look at the success. Holy cow. Folklore evermore successful for Grammys and all the awards and all the accolades. And the fact she put two records out in the worst year ever and all the things, but also the success for her soul. Yeah. To to remember, like, this is actually what I love. Yeah. This is actually who I am. Man, what an artist journey. That to me is like so stunning and so beautiful. And I was so, if there was an inspirational story that I watched last year, it was that one play out. That's my favorite Taylor Swift sidebar we've ever had on the show. So <laughs> really well it's done. Just, oh my gosh. I just, I mean, it's I, incredible. I, and so, so what is that for you? What did you, what was your Romeo and Juliet, re-recording Romeo and Juliet, what was your your moment in the last year that made you say yes to this? Yes. Okay, so yes, going back to the process. So here I am sitting there like, I'm just going to change. I just got to change because there is, there's too much involved. Mm. This is, it has gotten so close and I literally can't hear through ears that, don't hear just industry or yeah. hear what I have to do yeah. next or hear yeah. product, be productive or hear like, I don't know how to listen any other way now. Yeah. And I miss listening differently, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how much I missed it until I'm sitting in this silence. Yeah. And, um, so the comeback moment was a good co-write. Really? Just Literally. a good co-write. And the Lord was like, remember, remember I wow. sat down and I told Lee, Lee came and had this, that meeting with me. And she was like, you tell me right now, do you want to quit this? You just tell me if you want to stop and be done. That's fine. I will support you in whatever you want. I think there's more here, but I will support you in whatever you want. Mm. But your actions are now starting to affect others. And that mm. is, that's just true. Like my, my stillness was starting to affect the dynamic that's and hard to hear. Think, that's very impressive that you can hear that because that's hard to hear when, especially for sevens, oh, I think. Correction oh my is gosh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. don't put any more pressure on me. Yeah. Don't put any more pressure on me. No yeah. stress, please. Yeah. Thank you. And, but it was just really good. And so I said, okay, come January 1st, I have no more excuses. Mm. I'm not hiding behind disappointment anymore. The disappointment, here's the deal. Disappointment is a, the bully of life, Okay. I had waited my entire, literally my entire life to get to the tour that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And we get 10 shows in and it's canceled. Yeah. Like ripped out from my hands, ripped out like the rug underneath my feet. And 
when what I was made a it, What was that tour? Was it because it was global? It was global. It was arenas. But Got it. when I was a kid, God showed me those pictures. Mm-hmm. I, we talked about that on the last yeah. interview, but God gave me these very descriptive images of what my life would look like. Mm-hmm. So I, this is way before I was doing music. And I was like, wait, what is this? Come to find out five years later, I get signed by this record label, blah, 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 blah. Rest is history. Well, I, from the second I got signed, only saw those pictures. Yeah. Every decision I made, do I go on this tour or this tour? Do I do this interview or this? Like every single decision was made With to those. get to that image. Wow. And then we finally arrived. Oh, Lord. At what I'd seen all these years. And then COVID. Ten and done. Yeah. Ten and done. And we oh. had 72 booked Oh, okay. with with the thought of also adding a European leg, which would yeah. have probably pushed it to like 90 something. Oh, so gosh. anyway, but, so that the weight of that disappointment, which is probably why I can identify with Taylor Swift different, differently, but similarly, mm-hmm. just dev, devastation, disappointment. And then you add for seven which is the worst, the hostility of the cultural ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, that was like, take me out. I was yeah. like, wow. And I think a lot of people could understand so many people built dreams in a career. Like uh, I have a family member who has a pizza restaurant and he's waited 50 years to open this thing, opens it in January of 2020. Oh my gosh. And I love pizza. And yeah, I bought it in January of 2020. Had to open it in April. Like, yeah. just, I know so many people who lost a business or lost a loved one or felt a sting of disappointment like no other. Like, they've never felt it before yeah. in 2020. And I think it takes one glimpse of, of, if I can say this, because I know fear of missing out is a real thing, but it takes one glimpse of seeing what you're missing out on by staying in disappointment Mm. to remind you of why you need to get out of it. Wow. Wow. And that's literally what it was. was, I went into this one. You need some FOMO to work for you in this. Yeah. In this, FOMO is healthy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, It literally was like, I sat with two riders and their joy wasn't squandered. And they're writing and they're working on projects and they've got 10 things going on and they're alive and they're fervent and they're exhilarated and, and they had to, they had to go through hard things too. And I was like, okay. And they're foreign. They both live away from their families. Couldn't get in their country, like the whole thing. And I sat there and I saw their zeal shine so bright, even in the midst. And I was like, man, this is what disappointment will do. It will Mm -hmm. dim the brightness in which I was meant to live. What am I doing? And I realized how much I loved it. And I just said, okay, disappointment, you got to get kicked to the curb. You've got it. We've got to be over and done with this. And you can make a marker, a time marker of like, this date is the last day. And from that point forward, each step must be in in alignment with fruition and with wholeness. And so that's what happened last year. Wow. 
Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partner, Ritual. After our conversation with Dr. Josh Axe a couple of weeks ago, there's been a lot to process about what we're putting into our bodies and just how much that matters. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. That's one of the many reasons I love my Ritual multivitamins. Here's the deal. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in our diets, but they shouldn't have unnecessary extras, right? Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two pills. I've been taking Ritual vitamins daily for about a year, and I love knowing what nutrients I'm getting and where they're coming from. Beyond the fact that these ingredients are traceable and clean, Ritual makes healthy habits easy. Yes, please. They're easy on your body with the delayed release, no nausea capsule design. And they're easy on your calendar with delivery to your door every month and free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without any stuff you don't need. Ritual is offering my friends 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. And now back to our conversation with Lauren. Okay, so everybody's hearing us on Wednesday. The next Sunday is Easter. So we've got 12 days to Easter, 10 days to Easter. Let's say if we want to get up out of disappointment, because we've lost, we haven't been to weddings, we haven't been to funerals, we haven't gotten to go on trips, our job, our, we've lost people we love, all the things. If, if you're telling me that disappointment is stealing from me, and I can pick a day and it be done, Mm-hmm. If I'm picking Easter and it's going to be done, Lauren, what does that look yeah. like Monday morning on Easter Monday? Yeah. What what's Monday the, morning. what do I do different? Okay, you get out of bed and you say, "What is what is the first thing for my day that guides me to the step that I'm wanting to go towards?" And here's the deal: I had no motivation. So mm-hmm. the idea of like, but I don't feel motivated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nobody so cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that is the point. Yes. Everybody was like, when are you going to write? I was like, write? What are you talking? I can barely breathe. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to write right now. I'm like, barely. And then add, just, man, yeah. I don't understand how people can just live in that space of, of, uh, well, I can. But when people live in inspiration constantly and consistently, and it's like life never I don't know anybody like that, though. My gosh. Well, I would say Bob Goff is pretty good. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Bob is the closest. Yeah, Bob's the closest. No, I'm I'm picking. It is is so interesting, though, because that's what you see on Instagram, right? Right. That's the feed that everybody wants to share. That is not the reality. So for every person who's like, I just don't feel motivated. Like, I just don't feel, I, I don't know how to feel alive. I don't know how to feel like, I don't have a feeling to actually put this step forward. I don't even have the depth of thought right now that is telling me that I need to move forward. Mm -hmm. That's literally where I was. I'm talking in bed for weeks, sick as a dog, going to get my blood work done, thinking something was terribly wrong. I thought I was so sick. If I look back, depression. It was probably that I was really depressed. And I'm sitting there calling my friends like something's off. I need you guys to pray with me. My thoughts are not my own. Wow. Like things are weird. I don't know how to explain it, but that's how much my soul craves connectivity. So, so Easter Sunday, you're saying 
what a good day. Resurrection yeah. day. Let's go. Easter Sunday is the day that you're putting a pin in disappointment, tacking it to the wall, wow. saying goodbye. That's where you can live. Uh, Monday morning rocks up regardless of motivation, regardless of feeling whatever, just say, what is the first step to take towards the goal in which I must set? I didn't even have the drive for a goal. Mm -hmm. It's not having the drive for a goal. It's just saying, I'm going to set a goal. For me, I had no drive to set a goal to make a record this year. But I know I've got to make a record this year. And sometimes it's literally just putting one foot into motion that makes you realize how much you love it. It just makes you fall in love all over again. So I would say that. Monday morning rolls around, stretch, take a deep breath, let yourself pause for a second. And then each moment of the day, whether it's talking to a loved one, seeing a cashier with a smile, or not a smile because they have masks. A smile and eyes. (laughs) Smile and eyes. Uh, Whatever that looks like, take those things and store them within your heart. Mm-hmm. Take them and store them mm-hmm. and let them just be the thing in which you begin to move forward from. Yes. That's what I would say for Monday yes. morning. That's beautiful. Okay. Is that where Hold On To Me came from? Like your new single that's out, it is the video ruins my makeup. So thank you. Oh, oh I'm it so just is so it's it made me so teary. Yay. I just let so is that I mean, because everything you're saying feels like that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to hear the craziest part? Uh, you know I do. <laughs> that song was written in 2019. Uh-uh. Talk about like this is where God comes in and he's like, you thought the lyric was for this, but yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. There's another point here. That, yeah, it was for 2019. And I mean, it was written in 2019. Then 2020 hits. Uh, I have, you know, people saying, aren't aren't you going to release music? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm in bed. I can't, you know, I'm like living my life. Yeah. And um, they're like, well, we do have hold on to me. And we've been chomping at the bit to release that. Why don't we do it? And I was like, oh my gosh. I remember playing it for the program directors on the radio in tears just falling down my cheeks because I thought to myself, I couldn't have picked a better point in time for this song to come out because of the lyric. And in the moment, that's, it was like, it was a song about people holding each other up through pain, holding each other up when someone is the worst of who they are. Mm -hmm. Someone like all of the things that we saw portrayed in 2020, like how do we hold on to people versus Cancel culture. Right. So over cancel culture. Uh, girl. How do we, oh, how do we hold on to people when they actually look like the worst version of themselves? Mm-hmm. Because you never know if someone holds on to you, it might actually, newsflash, bring you around to who you are again. Right. Bring you around to the good parts. Right. And that's God. God does that. He doesn't forsake us in the middle of like our ugliest self. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, cool. I've seen that temper tantrum before. <laughs> or... I mean, that's really deducing it. I'm talking like, who are the people who have had gnarly affairs? Mm -hmm. They've ruined families and they're on the other side and they don't know how to pick the pieces up, but they have the remorse. They have the awareness of what they've done and they haven't stepped quite yet into forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be the person that holds them together? Mm -hmm. What about the person who's like, I'm going to end my life because the second I do this, 
all the pain is going to go. What about the person who's sitting next to them in a psychotic episode and says, hey, I know that this is heavy and I might not even understand, but I'm going to sit with you, Mm -hmm. not to fix anything, but to be here with you. Mm -hmm. Like, Or maybe it's just a really bad day and someone's dealing with a really bad day and a Karen freaks out in a grocery store. Like, who's going to be the one that goes up to Karen and say, I know the meme that's about to go around and you probably don't want to do this. Uh Let's like, let's just hang out for a second. Yeah. Or actually vent to me, scream at me, tell me everything that you need to say. Where, where are those people versus the cancel culture? Like that person just freaked out. Did you see them? Like, I just, I think that the world is hungry for richness, even if they don't want to admit it, even if people don't want to admit it because it's so easier, so much easier to decide, Yes, decide, and then you don't have to get caught up, but. Well, everyone wants to cancel everyone else, but they want forgiveness for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So So, offer the forgiveness and let's get on with it. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Um, What, so is hold on to me going to be, is that kind of your anthem for the next little bit? Is this kind of the thing that you Mm -hmm. like want people to an anthem to be anthemic in their life. Yes. And the music video is kind of that poignant piece that like brings it to fruition. So for instance, which I, I love this. Okay. So last year had the, or not last year, years prior had the opportunity to travel to prisons and yeah. meet so many different stories, go to hospitals, see kids in a hospital bed, go literally inundated with rich stories. Mm -hmm. And this piece was kind of like the idea of like what happens behind closed doors? Because prior all, a lot of doors used to be open and then we saw doors close and then we saw doors really close. And this is hard, but this is reality. The domestic violence rates. I, to think that there are people that were going through the most horrible times of their life. Yes. Uh, and they couldn't open they a couldn't door. Couldn't get out. Yeah. Couldn't get out. That to me was like, okay, what do we do about this? Mm-hmm. So we made this piece where there's a prison scene. Yeah. There's a scene in a hospital. There's a scene where these uh, parents are fighting and there's a kid sitting there and you can see the impression of their argument on this mm-hmm. child's face. And then you see joyous moment where someone's getting proposed to and then they're expecting a baby and you see them moving through life and it's it's so beautiful and I think that's the thing about what goes on behind a closed door is there's rich there's beautiful Mm -hmm. there's these stunning moments there's pain there's sorrow there's lament there's loss there's such a wide cavity of of experiences. And so to be able to not just sit and scroll on a screen, which is why I have my phone and the the music video, Mm -hmm. my brother called me. He's like, I I literally don't get the phone. I'm like, because it's, uh, it's proof to be like, look at us on our phones Uh and then look at all of these past eras. That's why I'm dressed in different time pieces. Like look at all these eras that have gone before us without this device yes. and how we were yes. be, how we were able to be connected as a society, even in the worst of moments. Mm-hmm. How do we not let the time just pass us by? What do we do to not let the time pass us by? How can we be involved, like genuinely involved in each other's life? Not just like 
by clicking a like button. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's go raise money for prison reform for innocently incarcerated people to get out of prison, Mm -hmm. for people to reconnect with their family again, for the family unit to stay intact and to have depth to it again, Mm. for dads to stay involved in their kids' lives, for moms not to like, what does that look like? What is like helping domestic violence settle anger management classes or trauma, trauma counseling Mm -hmm. therapy, music and education. And then, you know, we have the hospital scene, like how do we end human trafficking? How do we help people that can't afford healthcare and they're diabetic Mm -hmm. or they need a surgery and they can't get the surgery because they can't afford, like, what does life look like? What does it really look like? And how do we hold on to people in the process of that? Yeah, That's what it's all about. It is that. I mean, when you describe it, that is what you feel when you listen to the song and watch the video. Also, in a world where music videos are not like MTV anymore, y'all made like an actual like piece of art. It is like so worth watching. So thank thank you for making it. It's so good. John Gray. Uh, give him a hug. Not surprised. <laughs> okay, let's talk first phones for just a second. I about phones for just a second. So one of the things we do is we let people know that I'm talking to you that get our AFD Week in Review email on Fridays and they submit questions. We have a lot of them, but oh, one of on them, I know it's really sweet. One of them, a couple of them, kind of went back uh, to how you do have really good boundaries with your phone. I mean, you delete Instagram. You take. Oh, you take all the time you delete Instagram. You like release, hold on to me and you deleted Instagram. <laughs> I was like, my girl LD, she's just in and out, in and out. Sorry. <laughs> you want to know why? That? Yes. Because right now I'm sitting at this window for everybody listening. I was literally sitting on my knees, staring out the window, watching kids fly kite. Yeah. And if you would have had Instagram. And if I would have Instagram, I'd be actually talking to you with the pause thing on my FaceTime or whatever, scrolling. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Okay. So does it feel like just a health? No, that's the question. Does it feel just like a healthy balance for you to know when you need to cut something off and go like, this isn't making me healthy? I talked to someone the other day about, I said, I'm just going to challenge you. Just delete it for a month. Mm. Just one month. And for some people, they're like, I literally could not breathe without Instagram for a month. You probably need to do it for two. <laughs> yeah, but right. literally, I'm telling you what happens to the brain. Y'all, everybody listening, I could not read a book. I'm not kidding. I was, my like ADHD vibes uh-huh. were through the roof when I'd have Instagram. I couldn't, I, and, and I actually studied this on the brain. It, when you are, an Instagram person. And listen to this too. I'm not the girl that's on it all the time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even like using, like I know people that literally don't know how to sit down without turning it on. Yeah. I wasn't even that person. Yeah, I'm talking like I would touch it here and there throughout the day, whatever. Uh, or worse, I'd wake up and turn it on. That's the actual worst because then it starts your brain your in this day. Yeah. rhythm yeah. and your whole day yeah. set up like that. So I did, I did some research and it changes your attention span from what would be like a minute and a half uh, to eight seconds. <gasps> eight Lauren. seconds. Oh, so when brutal. I realized that, I was like, oh, I bet this is why I can't read books anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even talking books. I'm talking like a paragraph. Mm-hmm. I could not mm-hmm. read. 
five sentences without completely losing thought and having to go back and read. And I was always like that, but this was like a, it was like a different level. Yeah. I I was like that as a kid. I was that girl that was not a scholarly reader. I literally faked every single (laughs) test and paper. Uh, The irony is that I'm a writer now. Right. But (laughs) just, I always loved writing. I was a horrible reader. And I realized that early on, I had to overcome that thing that made my brain move all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't always good at it. It didn't, honestly, I didn't nail that until I got into college, Mm -hmm. but I dropped out of college. So then, uh, fast forward, we have the Instagram era and I, there was no harnessing it. Mm. None. So I realized my brain isn't even operating the way that I want it to. Why am I doing this to myself? Then I started realizing, and this is the biggest one, And then I'm going to get off the Instagram soapbox. This is the biggest one. Everything I did was done under the guise of comparison. And I didn't know it until I deleted it. So people who are listening and who scroll on Instagram, they're like, oh yeah, I've heard about those people. No, I I promise you, if you delete it, because that was me, I was like, I don't really compare. Nope, you delete it and you realize you feel this like emptiness in your day. And you're like, I don't understand why I just don't feel like something's off. And once you get like week two, week three, you start to realize the connections that you were longing for on that phone are now starting to be met by like helping an old man with his grocery, Mm -hmm. talking to the cashier when you're grabbing a coffee. Mm -hmm. You start to find yourself actually engaging in the life that's before you versus getting that satisfaction through scrolling. And it's so much more rich because it's actually real. Mm -hmm. And you can't understand it until you delete it. You can't understand the missing piece until you delete it. And so for me, I, when I add it back, I realize my thoughts start running wild again. I have no, my self-control starts to slip over time. Mm. I'm looking for these greater moments in every day, like I'm looking for the high in every day or like for my life to feel a certain way Mm -hmm. in my day Um, or this like ridiculous desire to achieve. There's so many, or just pressure, just genuine, simple pressure of like, did I walk into the grocery store the right way? Like, it's so weird how it makes you, I'm going to, I digress. It's just until you you're telling the truth. Yeah. It's like, until you delete it, you can't understand what a whole is. It is satisfying. It's Mm. so bizarre because I I would tell people like, I promise delete it and you'll see, delete it and you'll see, you'll, you will see the thing that it was filling, Mm. the hole that it was filling and you'll see how much of a counterfeit it is. And I just wanted my thoughts to be my own. Yeah. So every time I re-add it, I can stand it for about two weeks. And then I realize, oh, I'm, I'm caving in for the counterfeit thing again. I'm yep. over it. Yep. And I'm like, I'm over it. It's and gone. I just delete it out of nowhere. And it doesn't feel good to delete it. You're like, oh, but I'm going to miss out on finding out when such and such is supposed to right. whatever. Right. I did not miss out on anything That's when right. I deleted it That's for right. those four months or whatever. 
No. Ooh, okay, that's a good challenge for us. Sorry, um, everybody. That was long-winded. Stop it. Don't you ever apologize. Lauren, if we, you are allowed to say everything here. You're allowed to be fully Lauren Daigle <laughs> when you are with me. So don't ever feel like you're being long-winded. Thank um, you. Okay, let me ask you this. So next week is Easter. On There's three shows this week. It's you and John Eldridge and Sally Lloyd-Jones. So y'all wow. are dis- y'all are pastoring us, discipling us into Easter week. So, and then we don't have shows next week. So it goes okay. real quiet around here. So y'all are kind okay. of walking us toward Easter. So will you just take a couple of minutes? What is your Holy Week going to be like? Like, what does it look like for you? What are some, when we're sitting and thinking about Jesus, what are some things you would have people think about next week? Okay. I love that. So what does my Holy Week look like? One, I actually just talked to two friends, one being Lee and another Hannah. And I said, I want accountability up until Easter. Or it's like, it's not Easter day, but like this portion right before Mm -hmm. sacrificing time. And I know that sounds like what? No. But I am such a people person that really... I'm a people person, but I'm a busyness person. Mm-hmm. So I just love to be busy. And it happens to be that I fill myself with people. Yes. So if I'm anywhere idle, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. So what's the next thing? And one thing quarantine taught me is I actually love being still. Mm-hmm. I actually love it. And so this past week I realized, oh, I'm not doing the stillness thing. I'm not doing the stillness practice mm-hmm. that I was doing. And now my life was like, it's, flying off the rails again. So I'm going to do a stillness practice for like two weeks of just being still taking a moment, whether it's in the morning, last night, it was like at midnight. I was like, okay, I've got to turn everything off. Mm -hmm. Just be still, whether it's five minutes, whether it's an hour and a half, whether I journal, whether I pray, whether I read, whatever, just a stillness practice to say, Lord, I just want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear, and I'm going to set up this landscape. We can hear God. He can speak to us through anything at any time, whatever. But it's making my flesh be still. Mm. Like, because my natural tendency with my flesh is to go, 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 go. Yep. So that's what my Holy Week looks like. Yeah, and what does, uh, what is something about Jesus, like about yeah. that reflective moment? That was the second question, yeah, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, go there. Um, it was, I would say, I think something that I know with my journey right now with the Lord is that I am needing to be reminded of who he is again, Mm. because this is like honest, but I've read things like this is, this is going to sound like what? One day was losing it. I'm not losing it. But there's things that I've read in the old Testament that like startled me recently. And I'm like, hold up, God that scares me. That scares who I am. Can you remind me of who you are? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want this image of who you are to dictate how I operate with you. So uh, for me, in this process of stillness, I'm going to reflect on the things that I've known him to be in my life. These awkward moments, these moments where he showed up and showed me and I'm going to give space for him to show me more of those. Mm. So the, the the moment, the reflective element for, for Jesus is actually, God, can you remind me who you are? Yeah. Because I know that he is a companion. I know that he is a confidant. Um, and I think reflecting on those 
things will make the cross and what he went through just so personal. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I mean, I thought about the cross like it's probably a month ago. And I just told my friends like the sorrow of the world, the sorrow and the weight that the world is experiencing now, I do feel like the like dawn is breaking. Yeah, but I really feel that. Yeah. But the sorrow of last year and the sorrow of decisions and mistakes and words and pain and all of that, we we felt it for one year. Mm-hmm. Like the sorrow of a family getting in a car accident and losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. The sorrow of COVID hitting someone sideways and they lose their eyesight or whatever, sure. like these, these great pains, but then the sorrow of like intentional pain, mm. holy cow, people like operating in evil, yeah. harming children, whatever that great sorrow. Okay. I know I'm going weighty and I know this is fun, but no, I love it. The, the sorrow of that, we got to taste for like a year. Yeah. The fact that Jesus died over 2000 years ago and he not only took up the atonement for our one year 2020 mm. of sorrow pain Gosh. all of it but he took up for the all the time that preceded the cross and all of the time that will come post the cross mm-hmm. now 2000 years if we can am- take an amalgamation of what 2020 was and lump in every person's story and either a sorrow that they experienced, a bad moment they had, some sort of predicated evil, whatever, sin. Mm-hmm. And we can say that his atonement felt not only that one year and not only that one story, but all of our stories mm-hmm. for all of time. And then he went to the cross and said, forgive them, Father, for they did not know. They don't know what they did. They're doing yeah. not for just the year that he was on the cross, but for all of time. Mm-hmm. That is like, that literally revolutionized my thinking because I was driving home. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I just finished this event and I heard a story about a family and it just hurt my heart so bad. And I literally said, God, how much more, mm-hmm. how much more of this are we going right. to be living in? I can't take it anymore. Like literally I was like, I'm crumbling. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I knew that then. And I knew that family story then. And I knew what that man was going to do then. And I knew what this was going to do then. And I knew it all then. Right. This, this didn't, it's almost like our time is catching up to him. Finally. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I did it all the way back then. Mm -hmm. Seeing all that was coming. Yep. And still chose to die. Mm -hmm. That was my great love for you. Mm. And then not only did I die, but I resurrected to prove the completion of that love. And so for me, that's the reflective element. God, there are things that are scaring me. Can you remind me of who you are? And God, what a sacrifice. Wow. Wow. None of this surprises them. Told that so beautifully. I don't know if I've ever thought of it like that because when you think about Jesus carrying our sins, you're like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, Jesus is paying for that. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, Jesus is paying for that. But when you think 
take every feeling you had in 2020 of sadness and worry and concern. And he carried all that too. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that is a, that, that re, uh, that makes me rethink about the whole thing. Yeah. It's crazy too, because like you can look ar- across time and you see the work, like you see the worst of people and you're like, wow, God even cared about that. And then mm. you can look in your own life and you can say, wow, God even cared about that. Yes. God even knew that I was going to do this. God knew I was going to like, and he still saw fit. And not only for my wrongdoing. I think mm-hmm. that's what the cross so gets collateralized with mm-hmm. is like it was for the sin of man. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was not just about sin. It was about the rightness with yeah. God. So the rightness means joy over sorrow. The rightness means healing over death. The rightness means so many other things that the cross afforded outside of even just sin yeah. being atoned for. Yeah. And yeah. and that that's the part that's wild is recognizing how much it actually paid for mm-hmm. versus just like, okay, my sin was great and he had to die. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Look at all of these other things that were afforded in the process. Yeah. It meant those were, those were as important too. Yeah, you know? that's right. Anyway. Ooh, Lauren Daigle. <laughs> Girl, I'm grateful for you. Your manager, Lee, just texted me and said, you tell Lauren how proud I am of her. I thought that was really (laughs) sweet. I I feel the same. I feel like I just love, I love who you are. I love who you are. I love who you are. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Yes. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that somebody... LD. Made the New York Times <laughs> bestseller list. You heard correct. That sounds fun. The book is on the oh New York Times bestsellers list. I gosh. know. Oh wild? my gosh. Okay. Annie Lee called me before. She's like, guess what? She was like, this is like a lifetime goal. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Have you like reveled? Wait, have you yeah, had people reveled Yeah, a little bit. It's been really you? funny because a musician friends will be like, is this like a Grammy? And I'm like, I mean, if they handed out Grammys every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if they did, if they did it every Sunday, maybe. But yeah, I mean, it's just, thank you for reveling in so it So Billboard me. chart. That's a way you can. Yeah. Billboard chart. It. Is, yes, billboard chart. Billboard charts. So yeah. you just got like a billboard number one, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Uh, I am super happy for you. Thank you, friend. That means a lot so to me. Excited. I appreciate it. Um, that leads us right to, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, because the New York Times bestselling book is <laughs> called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you, Lauren. Uh, laughing at myself, which that was great. Thanks. Uh, but it sounds fun. Um, well, I'm about to go outside and buy this kite. And so yes. that is what sounds fun to me right now. And I cannot wait. It's beautiful. Let me paint a scene for everybody listening, whether they're in their car or at home. Right now, it is the perfectly crystal clear blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. Um, And Mm. in South Louisiana, because we're so close to the water, our blue skies are like ultra blue. They're, They're like a very particular blue. So it's really, really bright. And... Uh, I'm sitting on property with lots of trees, but they're spaced out where the sun comes through them. And you can see all of these shadows um, of the trees, but then also these really, really big, 
sunny spots mm. and you, everything is um, in bloom right now. So we have like azalea bushes that are yeah. pink and purple and super colorful. And we have ivy growing up the trees and all the trees um, are gaining their new leaves. Yeah. So they're starting to get full and the grass is really green and the kite is hot pink. Oh, and yes. And it's going up in a so, beautiful blue sky. And it's going up in a beautiful blue sky. That sounds fun to me. Me too, friend. Oh, I love you. Thanks for doing this today. I love you too. I'm so grateful, Annie. I'm happy for you, girl. Thank you. Friend. Happy for that you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I love it. Oh, friends, I know. I know you love her just as much as I do. My gracious, what a great conversation. I, I will think about a lot of that for a long time, particularly next week. Hey, make sure to follow Lauren. Tell her thanks for being on the show and check out her new single, Hold On To Me and watch the video. Y'all watch the video. It is so good. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today. Friends, go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you and I will do the same. Have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow with Sally Lloyd-Jones.